Hey, it's Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. This is part two of three parts of this program from September 16th, 2019. My guest, fantastic pianist, David Vireles. You can hear him playing with Henry Threadgill's the first time I heard him play, but uh, he's got a ton, a ton of stuff he's doing and a ton of information, personality, spirit that he brings to the stage and he brings to this show. Huge fan of Bud Powell. And we get into it on this one. If you didn't hear part one, you might want to go back. Uh, we get a call from Bud Powell's son, John Powell, who's great. And among other things, he tells us that he's never heard this music that we're playing. So this is really a thrill. A real fly-on-the-wall moment of genuine nightlife in New York and days gone by of masters at the top of their game, one of whom, Roy Haynes, who's on the date, and Graham Haynes, who's a great friend of the show, called from Roy's house in Queens. Roy and Graham were listening to the show 66 years after it was recorded. This one, man, it's lightning in a bottle, I tell you. But that was part one. Part two got just as much great stuff coming up. Part three actually has an interview with Bud from French Radio. I had never heard the voice of Bud Powell. This one. This one, I tell you. All right. You know what to do. Stick around. Here we go. <laughs> I'm always struck by that. You know, you're like uh, listening to, you know, some incredible set from any of these musicians from Coltrane or whatever, and then, you know, at the end, like, hear the cash register ringing, a couple of piano notes, a little lighting a cigarette. But uh, to take nothing away from the miraculous power of that music of the Bud Powell Trio at Birdland in 1953, February of 1953, the trio, Bud Powell's piano, Oscar Pettiford on the bass, Roy Haynes on the drums, and uh, this was uh, inspiration of my guest, David Vireles, calling out Bud Powell as a topic. And who knew? Who knew? I don't think... I, I mentioned that we played Bud Powell once. So I've been doing this Deep Focus show for about 12 years. And only one other time we played Bud Powell, and that was when... Graham Haynes, uh, and the topic really was Roy Haynes, but um, so great thanks to you, David, for you. Uh, pulling this one out, and needless to say, I mean, he is one of the giants, and uh, now everybody knows why he's seen that way. He's what are, you, what are your thoughts about this performance that we're hearing? I mean, what is there to say? <laughs> There's <laughs> yeah. not much to say. I mean, it's... <laughs> Some of, some of the greatest music ever played, period. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yep. Okay. I think we're done. <laughs> Pack up and go <laughs> home, man. nothing to say. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but I do want to say something about what you're about to play. Um, well, we should tell them what we're about to play. Because this mm -hmm. one's even more uh, explosive than the last one in the sense of rarity. Mm -hmm. Maybe let me say what it is. Sure. And then I want to hear what you think about it. Mm -hmm. Because... You had a chance to hear it, and uh, I. that's why you're here. That's why we're all here. So this is another live recording, also at Birdland. So uh, I think it was late 50s, Bud Powell 
um, relocated to Paris, mm-hmm. and he did come back in, uh, I think it was the fall of 1964, and um, there's uh, another flurry of activity, and um, he, this was, uh, he was, he was only about 40 years old at this time, he just turned 40, and um, he would pass away about two years later, right? 66. Yeah. yeah. And I think uh, he moved to Paris in 59. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And and so this recording is October 3rd of 64 at Birdland. And I think he had recently come back to New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's another trio recording, same venue. The trio now John Orr on bass, J.C. Moses on drums, and a whole new set of music. And that is me setting the table for you, David. Um what what were your thoughts about this set that we're going to hear? Yeah, um, well, first of all, the uh, the first piece of this set is "I Mean You," which is a class composition by Thelonious Monk, who was actually one of Bud Powell's uh, mentors. So, Bud Powell, uh, a lot of people say that he was uh, Monk's uh, greatest prodigy, and um, of course, we know that um, Bud Powell played with Cody Williams. Who, uh, whose band made some of the first recordings of, of Monk's compositions, even before Monk was able to to record his own his own music, and um, and in fact, I think it's that first recording was around midnight. I think Bud around was midnight. the pianist. Yeah, he was the pianist on, yeah, Rob, yeah, yeah. on the first recording of uh, Round Midnight. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, on the first version also of uh, Epistrophe, also with the Cody Williams band, and um, I think that. Um, well, of, of course, we all know too that there was another version of. Um, uh, I mean, throughout Bud's career, he touched on on Monk's repertoire a few different times. But one of my very, very favorite ones is his version of Off Minor, which is another Monk composition that he recorded uh, on Bud Powell Trio on on Roost. And this, uh, the recording was actually made in 1947 with uh, Curly Russell and Max Roach. But I, I don't think it came out until later in the 50s. I don't think it was uh, released un- until later. But uh, later on, he also uh, made a, a full uh, recording dedicated to, to Thelonious, entitled A Portrait of Thelonious. And this one is from 1961 which came out in Colombia in 1965 with uh, Pierre Michelot and Kenny Clark, We've, which uh, th- this record was produced by uh, Cannibal Otherly um, right after, uh, I think it was after he produced another record with, with Bud that featured uh, both Bud and Don Bias, uh, which is another, another one of my favorites. But uh, this particular recording that we're about to listen to now is interesting because I... I had never heard any other version of this piece, I Mean You, on any uh, of Bud's discography. So it's just interesting to hear him uh, play on this on this piece. And uh, some of the other repertoire is related to the music that was recorded on um, uh, Time Waits, which is uh, volume four from The Amazing Bud Powell. I think that's the one actually with, or maybe not, I'm not sure now if that's the one with John John Powell on the on the cover of the of, of the oh, album. Oh yeah, but um, 
I have a fun, yeah, that, that recording Time Waits uh, was with Sam Jones and Philly Joe Jones. And actually, I have a funny story that Andrew Real told me because he used to hang out with Philly Joe Jones at the, t- at the time. And he happened to be uh, with Philly on the day of that session, and they didn't, wow. have a, they didn't have a drum set for the session. So Andrew actually loaned his drum set to Philly for the Time, time Waits recording session. So those, those drums I hear on that record... They belong to Andrew Surreal. Wow. Yeah. That's is, pretty yeah. wild. Yeah. But uh, but anyway. Man. So, yeah, I think this is a, a very significant document. And uh, here we hear Bud Powell and the company of John Orr on bass, J.C. Moses on drums, both associated with the music of Monk, maybe. And he, had, I think, recently returned from Paris. I would guess... Stopping by Monk's place was probably one of his first stops back in town, and he had to put a band together. And you know, I don't, I'm, I don't really know, but I could see that happening. And yeah, this is—I'm pretty sure—the only time that he's known to have played this song. I mean, you, and it's quite remarkable. It's and it's the first one we hear in the set. And uh, it's a whole fresh set of music. I'm not going to tell you all the names of all the titles. You might recognize some of them. But uh, it's a whole new um, repertoire from 11 years earlier when he was that earlier set that we heard. Yeah. And also they they play uh, Monopoly, which is on Time Waits. And, uh, well, later on on the set, I think it's uh, Blues in the Closet. Yep. Which also... And I see, oh, Conception, yeah, Conception. I've heard Conception on um, on the Inner Fires recording. Yes. He plays Conception on that. And maybe on another uh, set from Birdland, uh, where he, where he, there's also a trio version, but, uh, but yeah, anyway. Well, this is exciting. And uh, unless you were at Birdland October 3rd, 1964, I'm going to take a wild guess, you have never heard this set of music, so... <laughs> Um, Mitch Goldman, the show's called Deep Focus, and David Virelis is my guest, and we have great thanks to you for bringing our attention to the music of Bud Powell, and a great welcome to everybody who's coming along for the ride, including Roy Haynes, including Bud Powell's son, John Powell, and you, you, our listener, you are having this experience with us on WKCR.
Yes, it's a live recording. And as a matter of fact, that is Birdland here in New York City. And uh, you're listening to the show Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman. We are WKCR. My guest tonight is David Virelis. And David, you pointed the the lens of Deep Focus at Bud Powell. And we came up with this uh, astonishing recording. Remarkable. Remarkable. Yeah, man. Um, I don't think this one has seen the light of day, maybe ever. It's not in the discographies, and uh, I don't know. Maybe it's kicking around somewhere, but um, it's uh, a a beautiful recording, 1964, October 3rd, and Bud Powell and the company of John Orr on bass, J.C. Moses on drums, and um, what what are we hearing in there? You wanna you wanna break it down a little bit? Well, I don't know about breaking it down because I'm still trying to figure it out myself. But <laughs> fair uh, enough, fair enough. But um, uh, this version of Hot House uh, brings to my mind uh, another favorite of mine by Bud, which was a studio album. Um, it's called Bud Plays Bird, you know, and they they recorded uh, was a recording that um, that featured George uh, Duvivier and Art Taylor, and they recorded. Um, Compositions that were uh, either by Charlie Parker or related to, you know, to the repertoire that, um, you know, DC and, and Byrne and, and Bud would play. So it just um, it brought that that period to mind. And of course, you know, there are the the, um, the sessions that he recorded with with Bird, uh, the famous version of the Donnelly and and all that. So. Uh, yeah, I was just listening while while it was playing. I was just listening of that. I was uh, sorry, reminiscing of that particular recording. Um, uh, Bud plays Bird. Yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, and it's uh, it's very interesting. We and the set, of course, started as we were saying with uh, Monks. I mean you, right? And uh, yeah, I mean that's one of the great things about this music, right? When you know the material and all these associations that you have and is that i guess uh i'm just thinking i mean most of the music that i've heard you play is usually with composers who are doing their own Mm -hmm. compositions i don't know if maybe it has that same resonance but you know when these guys were playing out of the same everybody playing out of the same book or playing one another's compositions right 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 uh i guess you know it's, it's a different time now but I guess that's happening to a certain degree, you know, in, in um, some of the groups that I play with, you know, still happening to to a certain degree. Maybe not as much as it, as it did at that time, but it's I, I'd say it's happening to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a there's a common language. Of, oh yeah, no, yeah, of course, no question. of course. Yeah. But um, that's an interesting uh, the way that continues to. Evolve and it for somebody like Bud Powell who's playing these songs written by people that were intimates of his. That 50, 60, 70 years later, those songs are still being played. Yeah, it's yeah. got a kind of well, uh, you know, that's 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 one thing that's uh quite amazing about about this music is the the timeless quality of it. It's you know, it's music that you could. Here into eternity, you know, and and he's still going to, he's always going to sound incredible, and uh, I find myself, you know, every time I go back and listen to to any of these recordings, uh, I just discover so much more, 
you know. Uh, it's really a different experience, you know. Every time I, I go back to it, it's really, it's really an incredible learning experience for me. And I'm impressed. You know Bud Powell's discography. I mean... Well, I don't know about about the whole discography, wow. but you know, but I but I'm I'm definitely a student, and I've I've checked out quite a bit, and like I said, you know, uh, thanks to to um, you know people like Barry Harris and Kenny Barron, Stanley Cowell, you know, I've I've learned so much more by by um, you know getting to talk about the music with 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 these uh, masters, uh, so. I uh, I feel very fortunate to have had access to to that kind of information, you know, which um, which is very you know is very rare for someone my my age, you know, and especially not being from from this culture, you know, not being from from North America. It's uh, I definitely feel um, very fortunate in that regard to have been able to to just discuss music. Uh, from so many different points of views, you know, with with, with a lot of different people, uh, so. Well, and what you're bringing to their music too, you know, I mean, it would not be an original thought for me to say that um, we wouldn't have this music without the influence of Cuba and the traditions there. Mm. There's it's almost impossible to separate them, mm. really. Well, it's the, you know, it's the music of the. Um, uh, African diaspora, you know, in, in the so-called new world, you know, this part of the world. Um, obviously, music developed uh, in different ways in different parts of the world, but uh, there's a common thread. There's a common thread, and uh, like John was saying earlier, uh, it's all about truth. You know, it's about how you um, how you talk about your own. Uh, experiences and your own ideas about about whatever it is that you that you want to express and um, uh, that's you know that's one thing that that all this music has has in in common you know and uh, um, of course you know aside from from a lot of different elements that you could you could say there you know some kind of uh, African retention, you know, like like some kind of DNA uh, retention of of you know certain rhythmic uh, patterns and and uh, um, just aesthetics in in general, you know. But um, but yeah, there's 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 a common thread, and I'm, like I said before, you know, when we started the show, that's one of the things that that interests me the most, you know, these these um, these connections. You know, I remember when I first heard. Uh, a couple things by Bud Powell and also Thelonious Monk. I, I immediately made the connection to some things that I that I would hear growing up. Um, so, so that's that's been my my inspiration. That's well. Also, you know what I hear uh, when I listen to a, a, this kind of gross generalization, but. Um, I listen to musicians from Cuba like yourself, mm-hmm. and I I hear a real kind of rigor and uh, focus and discipline. Um, not that I don't hear that in musicians from other places, but it's really notable. There's kind of uh, uh, I don't know what to call it. I mean, uh, 
skill and dedication, and it's at, it seems to be at a really high level, pretty consistently. Hmm. Well, you know, in Cuba, we um, obviously there is a, a very deep uh, musical history, you know, that dates back, you know, uh, hundreds of years, and um, the um, after after 1959. Also, with the implementation of, of music schools in Cuba, art schools in general, uh, that's produced a lot of um, a lot of talent, you know, across the board. Not just in music, but also in in dance and visual arts. And I am the product of uh, one of these schools. You know, of course, I I was introduced to music through my parents, who are both musicians, and I also happened to be born in a in a city that's uh, very musical there's music all over the place so that was really my my first introduction to music but i went to to one of these music schools so that was my my that was my my uh, my background as far as training um so it was strictly classical um even though some cuban composers that wrote um um, concert music, you know, they're, they're considered to be part of that, the curriculum that would that they would teach at the school, but they would mainly focus on music uh, uh, by uh, Western European composers. And that was kind of, that was the training that, that a lot of us went through, uh, I guess from, a, like I said, from a certain generation, you know, up, to, up until now. Uh, but even before that, I mean, Stravinsky went to Cuba, uh, Horowitz played in Cuba, Rubinstein, and they were interfacing with, they were uh, collaborating with Cuban musicians, you know. There was a point where one of Cuba's greatest composers, Amadeo Roldan, he was the uh, the uh, conductor of the Havana uh, Symphony Orchestra, or the National Symphony Orchestra, I guess it was called at that time of which people like um, Cachao, the great yeah, guy, Israel yeah. Lopez, he was a member, uh, he was a, he had the bass chair at, at one point, and uh, people like Alberto Socarras, also who, who was instrumental in the connection uh, between uh, African-American musicians and Cuban musicians, you know, at, at a certain point. So I'm, I'm fascinated by all, by all these different connections because now, uh, you know, I've been living in the U.S. for 10 years, and uh, and I I'm I'm interested in that dynamic because because of what because of what I'm doing, you know, because of the different people that I'm involved with, you know, playing with Henry Threadgill and Andrew Surreal, uh Tom Harrell, uh, some of the work that I did with Steve Coleman, with uh, Marcus Gilmore, uh, so. It's for me. It's just a, a very interesting and, and and rich history, and I'm 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 very motivated by by the study of that. Yeah, thank you for mentioning Kachao. I have such happy memories of listening to that play, man. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And uh, you remind me of something that that um, Tito Puente said to me many years ago when the walls were still quite high, mm-hmm. and he said uh, he goes. When they open things up with Cuba, we all got to go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he was he was a character. That's funny. But um, but yeah, and, I mean, this, you know, we're talking about Bud Powell, and Bud Powell. Um, I feel you know, I don't think that this is anything that's been studied or written about ever. But at least that I've that I've that I'm aware of. But 
I believe that Bud's music had a had an effect on people from that from that generation, you know, Cachao's generation. So people like uh, the great pianist uh, Peruchin, uh, another great great pianist uh, Frank Emilio Fling, Bebo Valdez, who's uh, Chucho's father. Um, Guillermo Barreto, who was a, a great Cuban drummer, that whole generation, I believe that uh, they were very influenced by by that uh, that era of, of the music. So Bud and, and Monk and Charlie Parker, DC Gillespie, and uh, and you can hear in their music. You know, maybe we could listen to some of it later on. You are listening to WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD One. WKCR.org, 89.9 FM. Uh, we call this show Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman, and David Vireles is my guest, and we are we are deep in it. We are deep, <laughs> deeply focused on Bud Powell and uh, related topics, and we've been playing some really exciting live sets that are um, not commonly available. In fact, the set that we're playing now, this might be be the first time it's ever been broadcast as far as i know and um we're at birdland october of 1964 in the company of john orr on bass jc moses on drums bud powell of course playing piano and um there are other recordings somewhat rare from this period of time at birdland but this particular date i've never seen it anywhere and david and i were talking a little bit earlier about bud powell doing Thelonious Monk's I Mean You, which we heard, which he's not known to have ever recorded. And um, so we finished off that last set. I love this. Uh, so we heard I Mean You. We heard Monopoly, which is mm-hmm. one that you had mentioned. I Know That You Know. And uh, Hot House. And Hot House. And um, so, yeah, well, we'll hear. Uh, you want to talk about any of these pieces coming up in this set or? Well, uh, let's see, Blues in the Closet. I think Blues in the Closet was part of the uh, program on um, Time Waits, maybe. Or, hmm, I'm going to have to go back and check that out. But I I think that was previously recorded. And like I said before, I've heard other versions of him playing Conception. There's one on Inner Fires, which is a composition by uh, George Shearing. And... um, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, like I said earlier, I don't really have much, much right, to we'll, say, but we'll it'd be it great rip. to listen to the music. We'll <laughs> let it rip. All right, back to Birdland. I'm going to get on the one train, go back down to 50, <laughs> uh, get out at uh, 50th Street, and uh, walk up a couple of blocks and turn the clock back to October 1964 with Bud Powell Trio on WKCR.
Part 2. It was programmed from September 16th, 2019. David Virelis, my guest in the topic of Bud Powell. And there's one more part. Um, three parts altogether of this program. You know, you can find all these programs. We're probably, we've got a couple of hundred episodes. They're probably on the podcasting app that you're already using on your phone. Look for Deep Focus. If you don't find it there, you can always find us at the hosting site is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. You can also follow us on Instagram. We always uh, list the upcoming programs and photos and all kinds of cool stuff you'll find there. We are deep underscore focus underscore podcast, deep focus podcast on Instagram. You can also email us. It's deepfocusnow at gmail.com deepfocusnow at gmail.com. And uh, really glad you're enjoying the show. And I'm a little presumptuous saying that, but I think you are because you're still listening here at the very end of this part of the program. And since you are, do a favor, not for me, maybe for you, definitely for someone you haven't met who's never heard of Deep Focus, like us up, give us some five stars or whatever it is that they do. That is going to help some people who've never heard of us hear of us who might love the show as much as you do. Uh, it really means the world. Just giving back a little bit. And leave a comment. I can't tell you how nice it is to hear from people. We have listeners all over the world. They would love to know you're out there too. You're not alone. All right, see you over at part three. <laughs> 